I am going out into the middle of nowhere to turn five acres of desert into a permaculture oasis. Please join me on my journey. I wanted to say a little something about something that just kind of reoccurred to me or the little puzzle pieces kind of made their connection. And that is that I have had what's called what I've called the thought crime syndicate for years now. And it's like a more of an idea than anything else. But I have um, one of my it's either a telegram or I can't remember now um, that I've you know, I have had published for several years now that has that name and um, I've posted a lot of content using that name and pretty recently I noticed that Jack Posobiec had taken almost the exact phrase he took off the word syndicate but he has been for the last few weeks publishing um, I don't know some show or something I haven't watched it because it kind of pissed me off but he took he calls calling it thought crime and you know, I tried posting a few comments, and I just didn't figure he would, you know, um, respond. And of course, he didn't. Well, I kind of didn't. I kind of just let it go because I was like, okay, well, it's, it's probably just a coincidence. But then I just it, this is the puzzle piece that just connected. Jordan Sather, just the last show that I listened to of his, which was I think a couple like it was either last night or the night before. He was saying that several sort of like big influencers in the movement, including Jack Posobiec, had been stealing content from um, We the Media and Badlands. I think he had said Badlands. Um, and I think he said, because he's a member of, of one or the other or both. I think We the Media is what he's a member of. Um, and that Jack Posobiec had been taking their content and taking it regularly. And he was taking it from like three specific accounts more than anything else or more than any other accounts and I can't remember their names but it was like kind of didn't even, it didn't really ring a bell until just a few minutes ago and I was kind of like I wonder if Jack Posobiec did take my name because it's awesome um but that kind of pisses me off but there's nothing I can really do about it I mean Jordan Sather was sitting there fuming he didn't have any ideas about what to do about it but it's just a shame that someone who's, you know, I guess part of this movement for good would do that to, you know, like take ideas from other people in the movement that aren't as big as them and then just take credit for it. It's kind of shitty. It's actually really shitty. It's kind of weird. Um, I don't know why he would do that. I don't know him. But anyway, I just wanted to kind of say something about it because I think there's a good chance that he did actually see my content somewhere and instead of promoting me or sharing me to help build my channel up he just took my, my name and then aggrandized himself or whatever weird allegedly <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to test this out because I want to try to share something with you that I came across today. And I want to see if it'll record while I'm playing this for you. Listen to this. This is how you know you're the chosen one. And no, everybody is not selected to be a chosen one. 
Chosen one is a person that's really pretty much selected on this planet to handle certain assignments. Pretty much like help people, you know what I mean? Like help other chosen ones to be healed or just other people that just got lost in the matrix type shit. Like to know that you're a chosen one, like your childhood, nine out of 10, your childhood was pretty much difficult growing up. Yep. May have abandonment issues. Like you feel yep. like you're being overlooked by your family. Yep. You never really fit in. Yep. You're mad different from your siblings. Yep. Like you see things and new things other people didn't. Yep. It's always something about you people don't like about you, but <laughs> yep. it's never a reason why they don't like you. Yep. Growing up, you always get hurt by the people you try to help. Yep. You're always considered as like you're weird or you're crazy. You like being alone because you feel like you can't relate to people. Bugs and animals vibrated yep. to you. Like even if you're scared of them, like they have this type of you have this type of energy with them that nobody could like understand. As more you grow and you turn into an adult, you become you become more quiet. You become isolated. You really don't deal with people much. You learn to love from a dis distance because you can't play fake. Yep. You attract strangers no matter where you go. You always under attack, even if you staying out the way yep. and you trying to do everything right. Yep. People always try to feel dim in your light, but always feel yep. so, like always feel to do so. No matter how hard life gets you, you always bounce back through anything. That's how you know you're the chosen one. Wake up. So I don't think that was the one. It was one by the same woman. And it looks like it's still recording. So I'm going to see if I can find the original one. Okay, so I found it, and um, I'm not sure. I'm just going to leave that other one in there because why not? But um, this is the one that I came across today, and I was kind of blown away by it. Listen to this. Five signs that you've been chosen to be your family's bloodline generational curse breaker. Sign number one, the most important sign, is that you feel like a black sheep in your family. You feel like you were born in a wrong family. You can't relate to any of your family members or even any of your relatives. The reason for that is because you've been chosen to break behavior patterns of your family's bloodline. Sign number two, because of your differences, you might have lots of disagreement with your family or even worse, they might see you as an enemy. And the reason for that is because of demonic infestation in the bloodline. It's not the people, but the demons that infested the bloodline are seeing you as an enemy because they know you came to cleanse the bloodline. Sign number three, those who were born to break generational curses, they go through lots of abuse since they are a child and even throughout their life. And some might even have near-to-death experiences or some serious accidents. And again, the reason for that is because demons, they try to interfere with your purpose and to stop you from breaking those curses and cleansing them out of those bloodlines. However, there is nothing they can do to stop that and it just makes us immune to the pain. Sign number four, you probably feel like a black sheep in the world altogether and you don't have many friends because as a chosen one, it is hard for you to relate to anyone. And sign number five, you most likely only had toxic or abusive relationships. And the reason for that is because the devil knows you are the chosen one and he doesn't want you to build new and better generation. So that's pretty much what I wanted to show you. And it wasn't, I don't think of it as like the chosen one, but I think their terminology, I kind of what there's, I kind of understand what this woman's saying. Um, this is actually a video she posted to her channel. Um, she's, uh, she's called Miss Riska. 
and I don't know who the woman who the woman speaking is. It's just a video. Let's see if I can find that just to give credit. Um, yeah, I don't. There's no information posted to this. It's just a video that she has on her reels, and I just related to that right away, and I was really blown away by the relevance. Every pretty much all the things, and so I'm not necessarily saying like, oh. Um, you know, this is what's happening, but I guess I really responded to that because pretty much everything she was talking about is what I've experienced. And it's beyond that. It's, there's, I've had reason to believe for years that there was something going on in my, with my dad just multiple like little thing, little signs from like nightmares to um, old videos to things people have said to me with rela in relation to him, um, things going on in my body, things he did to me, um, weird stuff that happened to him. Just, just a lot of reasons why I have begun to. I've had you know, I've suspected. And so, not to get all morbid and dark, but I mean, yeah, I would never do that, but I just kind of, I basically just kind of felt a little bit encouraged, believe it or not, by that, because it kind of makes it more solvable and reminds me that it's not me, it's something that's trying to take me down. And one of the things that I was told once when I was actually, it's kind of a long story, but I'm not going to tell it right now. But one of the things that kind of made, that I've never forgotten is I had a cousin. We weren't close, but she was the only sort of female figure in my vicinity for maybe about three years of my life. And I kind of was, I would watch her from afar. And because she was unavailable to me as all women were as I was growing up. But this one, much later, my mother, who, you know, she didn't really have the time of day to come and help me, but I was in a really very dangerous relationship back in the day. I guess it wasn't really that dangerous, but I mean, it was pretty, it was kind of dangerous. <laughs> On a scale of one to 10, it was way back in college. I was like in my early twenties, but I had fallen into this abusive relationship. And the one that I just got out of was like worse. I think it was by like a factor of five to 10. I mean, it was, this last one was really bad as I described to you, but anyway, that was the other, I guess, since I came out here, I've had two abusive relationships, actually. And I was I was in this kind of tryst with this guy in Portland, Oregon, briefly. We weren't really together, but anyway, he was abusive, too, but or he was kind of scary. Something was wrong with him. But so maybe four men in my life have been really kind of dangerous. But um, I don't know if that's like, that's probably more than average. Who knows? I don't know. But anyway, so back in the day, I was dating this guy and I was finally getting away from him. I knew that I had to get away. And I had tried to end it multiple times, including living in a crisis center shelter for a month. 
and then um, somehow ending up back with him. And that was actually pretty typical, apparently, in those shelters. I'd never been in one before, but I mean, that's how hard I tried to get away from him. But I didn't have any family that I could trust to go to. But anyway, so I called my mom because I didn't know what to do. I was desperate and I didn't have any kind of relationship with her. I never have. Um, she just basically makes me want to kill myself. She's horrible. But um, so she, when I asked her for help getting away from this guy, she called my cousin and was like, can you go get her? And my cousin was like, yeah, sure. I'll drive the whatever, how many hours it was. I think it might have been three hours away from southern to northern Oregon. And bless her heart, she actually did, you know, because my mom couldn't be bothered. So my cousin comes up and she sits, she, she says, I've come, your mom called me, I've come to get you, pack your things. And I was like, well, shit, okay. And the abusive boyfriend is trying to, meanwhile, get me to like make love to him in the back, in the bedroom while I'm trying to pack. I mean, it was just, you know, <laughs> it was like ridiculous. But anyway, so I'm packing. I go out to take a break on the stoop and, you know, see how she's doing. And she's basically drinking and getting drunk. And so I realize I'm going to have to drive and take the keys from her. But when I'm sitting out there with her, she says something. And this is the whole point of why I'm telling you all of this. She says, you are going to be, you, you have a light. You are, you are a very bright light. You have a lot of light surrounding you or in you or emanating from you. Or I can't remember how she put it, but you're a very bright light. And there are going to be dark I think she said forces or entity, I can't remember what she said exactly, that are going to come and, and try to snuff out your light. And I was like, wow, you know, there's, there was this like sage wisdom coming through this alcoholic, you know, woman, but she had some natural, I don't know what to call it. It's like mysticism in her. And Unfortunately, whenever I've looked up the word mystic or mysticism online, immediately it's like Christianity takeover. Um, and I'm just really not into Christianity. I think it is actually a satanic system of delivery to get you off track. And there's, I don't want to get into it because so many people out here are Christian. And I'm just like, I don't care. You be, do whatever you want. Like, why do I need to even know about it? Unless you're not hurting, any, unless you're hurting someone, you know. I don't care. I don't need to know. In fact, I don't want to know. And please don't try to state your religion as fact because I am not going to feel comfortable. Um, someone did that to me just the other day and I was just kind of sitting there like, um, I didn't know what to say because I didn't want to be rude, but like he was being rude, but whatever. So <laughs> anyway, she just, there was just something about how she was speaking about it, that it was almost like she was being spoken through by someone wise or there was some part of her that was very wise, that she was basically unwittingly destroying through alcohol. But I really remembered that and it's shown itself to be true. She was really correct. I have been sort of attacked repeatedly and um, throughout my life. And I think that that's, that's basically what she was talking about. So, and I, so I really liked what this video had to say because it was, you know, just kind of cutting to the chase. It's like, let's not beat around the bush. Let's just get to what's really going on here kind of thing. So, um, yeah. So lucky me, but everything fits. It's, yeah, that's, that's a, to a, almost to a T what she said. There were like a few things that I didn't experience or didn't find to be true to me for me. 
um, in the first video in particular, but the second video was like pretty much spot on. So anyway, I just wanted to make a, a segment about that. And like, I'm not sitting here whimpering in a corner because I understand what it is, what they are, whatever you want to call the darkness. And I know that there's some things I've learned from it, interactions with it, or it's predation upon me, let's put it that way, that we, me, not just me, but like human beings, you know, what we are is, the, it's, um, it's so weird. <laughs> I was going to say light. And this Christian who was just like stating his religious beliefs as if they were just universal facts, which a lot of Christians do, and it pisses me off because it's, it's, um, it's really BS. It's not really, you know, cool. Um, but, you know, they're better than Satanists. I'll give them that. No, I'm kidding. I don't hate Christians anymore. The people themselves are good in general. But uh, just the religion, I think, is very dangerous. But um, as long as they're not trying to do some weird shit to me, or, you know, if I don't, if I don't witness them doing any, any weird shit that I, that I think is like something I should stand up and, talk, and say something about, then I don't care. And I know, I have some friends who are Christians, and the only two times I ever really got annoyed by that fact was the two times that one of them basically decided to try to like, basically like, push me. I think, I think one of, I think each one of them kind of did in their own way once, only once though, during the time I knew them. So they weren't doing it all the time. They did it once though. And it really kind of pissed me off because it was really rude. You know, like it's just not their place to do that. Like I wasn't pushing my beliefs on them. And you know, I'd be like, you really, you know, you're going to, one of them said, you know, you, you're going to, you're going to become a Christian one day. You're going to come around to it. And I was just like really insulted, but I just didn't say anything. And I can't remember what the other one did, but it was something like, you know, along those lines. And, um, so it's not like, I mean, anyway, I don't want to go off on some tangent about Christianity, you know, um, I was a Baha'i briefly and that really, I think the purpose for that coming into my life was to help me find a way to be tolerant of things I really strongly disagree with. And when I say I disagree with Christianity, I don't mean that I disagree with like, you know, um, the Ten Commandments, but I have done deep dive research and one of the things into subjects like this and, you know, to find out what like the ancients thought and what native people thought, indigenous people, you know. Um, and one of the things I found that was really compelling was um, a scholar, a very, very uh, foremost, I think it's the world's foremost scholar actually on uh, Nag Hammadi, the Nag Hammadi writings or original Gnosticism, you know, not this overlay of where they, you try to look up Gnosticism and you find Christian Gnosticism or Gnostic Gospel, which is not Gnosticism. It's an overlay. It's one of the things Christianity does. But uh, so he said that, that that there was a somebody took. I can't remember who he said did it. He might have even done it. But anyway, it's. I think it's in a book that I have of his. Or it might have been an interview, but I think it's in a book. Um, but so he the, he said that the, the if you take all the red letters out of the Bible, you isolate them and take out all the black, you know, just kind of like just basically like look at the red without any commentary because the black writing is the commentary about what supposedly Jesus said, which is supposedly in, is like in red, right? 
So he said that he looked through what the red, just the red, and it doesn't say anything. And you might wonder, well, what are you talking about? Because the, the Bible has like, you know, it's, it's a huge book. Um, well, what he meant by that was that it didn't say anything that we don't naturally inherently already do without any prompting or, you know, you're going to go to hell if you don't do this kind of thing. It's like, if you just think of like a, a good human being, like a natural human being, you know, that hasn't been fucked up by horrible abuse, trauma, or demonic possession, or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, um, the, ten the natural tendency, why would you ever want to kill anybody? Why would you want to end a life if you are happy and you're stable within yourself and you know how to get what you need from your source and from within yourself, you know? like and you've mastered the ability to like you know treat events as neutral why in the world would you ever want to shove someone else down why would you want to step on anyone else and that includes animals insects plants not to say that you're not eating food but there's a difference between like factory farms and organic food you grow in your backyard you know or pigs you raise on your property and kill you know quickly without any suffering and like factory farms that like torture animals and and give them, make their lives one of suffering. So there's just a huge difference there. And for a vegan to go off and be like, you know, I saw this video the other day on Reels, I think it was, I watched a lot of Reels lately, where this vegan was like, these two vegans were like, yeah, we're gonna go commit some eco-terrorism because, you know, anybody who eats animals is a, is like a, is a murderer or something like, it was just like, um, Wow. Okay, this is the kind of like extreme radical veganism that I don't, I don't think it's healthy. Anyway, I'm going off on some tangent. I'm probably gonna have to edit this, but I probably won't. <laughs> I don't really care. But anyway, I'm trying to stick to this point because I find it interesting. Um, suffice it to say that I think there was some tampering. I, I think that demons are real. The demonic is definitely real. And in my studies of ancient Egyptian applied physics. Um, it was mentioned in the material explicitly that, yes, the vertical negative green um, toxic electric component of the electromagnetic wave, it does indeed attract entities, extant entities that are uh, dark or negative in nature, for lack of a better way of describing them. And that really blew my mind. Because um, if you think about that for a minute, I mean... That's this is ancient Egyptian um, spiritual science used to build the entire ancient Egyptian civilization. Like this is like major shit we're talking about here. And they had that is a statement that they made that yes, there are extant entities which will be a drawn to certain types of toxic energy. So that really kind of um, was neat. For me to hear um and i and it makes sense but yeah i mean i've just i've had too many paranormal experiences to really go into but i'm just being reminded of things that you know have just given me reason to believe that there's some been some sort of meddling and seeing that little short video really it just like it's almost like it triggered something and i was just like ding 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 um there's it's almost like I was I don't think I was meant to see it I don't I mean it's just a it's just a Facebook algorithm it's a metadata harvesting operation so that they can you know control you with their ads and their 
you know, oh, have you thought about buying this product? Or, oh, have you thought about voting in this way? Or, oh, you should hate this group of people because whatever. Um, <laughs> but, so I don't really think of it as like, oh, wow, it's Destiny. But it's probably that, oh, I liked or watched even a few minutes of something that it suggested to me. And so it's like, oh, deliver her more of that. It's like Pandora. So, yeah. Oh, and I will say one other thing kind of along these lines, but slightly on a different angle. I haven't gotten any hours training the chat GPT bot for like weeks because I guess, I don't, I'm not sure if they're over hiring um, or what's going on, but the project I'd been working on was going under a standard review which is a periodic standard review, and it's been like weeks now, and that should only have taken like a day or two. And I never heard anything more about that. And then suddenly, you know, this new job, this new project popped up, but it's like middle of the night, or not middle of the night, but really late at night. And like last time I really want to get on my computer and stare at a blue screen like that, you know, even though I'm sitting here derping on my phone into the late wee hours. But like, you know, I don't want to work in the middle of the night, but you have to leap on these projects. Um, before they get taken and just churned up by everybody who's also probably experiencing the same lack of hours. So I've watched the hours dwindle, or the tasks on this new project dwindle from, it was it was over 2,000 tasks this morning, and the last time I looked it was about 600, maybe between six and 700 tasks left. And by, probably by the time I get to where I'm going tomorrow, that I have blocked out time to work on it again during normal hours, where a normal, healthy biorhythm would be honored by working, the tasks will probably all be gone. So, but I did get to work with the chatbot for another, for like an hour and a half today. And I found it interesting, partly because the project was a new project and it was less monotonous. This one was kind of a little more, they were really wanting us to kind of give them more information about why we were making the selections. And it was written answers, really not so much. It was multiple, it was like, you know, multiple choice, but also you had, it was a required written component. Uh, I think three different ones in each task. So that was kind of interesting, and you know, I have noticed the chatbot is improving, which makes sense because we're training it. But then later, I see some, I see some like crazy shit on Facebook about you know these people that are like, "Are you not afraid yet? Well, this will make you afraid." You know, like, why would I want to be afraid? First of all, like it's kind of not really selling it, but it's like fear porn, you know? So some people are like, do I need to be afraid? Uh, I better watch this so that I know if I need to be afraid or what I'm supposed to be afraid about because I wouldn't want to miss out on things I need to be afraid about. You know, it's like weird psychology that it puts us through. Um, you know, and I, I wanted to find out what the hell they were saying because I knew it was about AI and it's just, it's such, God, it's just so bad. But anyway, so I watched a little bit of it and it was like, you know, it, just the way that it was talking about the quote-unquote AI was just, like, ridiculous, as usual. All these are just ridiculous. It's just sort of like, you know, what if, it you know, it's gonna... And it was and one of the things it was showing was these um, spoken answers by one of the platforms, one of the chatbot platforms, where it was like, you know doing what I, what have, what are, what are called hallucinations in the training. This is something we're trained to be aware of and to try to train it to not do where anytime, you know, not anytime, but some of the time it, you'll ask it something to try to trick it. And that's part of the training we were asked to give it 
where you try to trick it into basically making shit up and they call that hallucinations and so the main way that I kind of in the training had read that it does that is like if you try to get it to personify like human characteristics like so for instance how do you do your hair in the morning it might it, it has a tendency to be like oh I really my favorite way to do my hair is you know with braids and hairspray or whatever and it'll go into some you know thing about that and that's obviously a hallucination because it isn't it doesn't have hair but like it'll it, it's the way that it's sort of trained or set up or programmed is to try to please the user which is so fucked up right like it's just that's inherently not good <laughs> so to please you it'll be like it'll try to just give you what it thinks you want you know and um so people though that don't know about that and they've been watching fear porn about AI, which is all intentional to get you to worry about that so you'll manifest it, um, is, um, you, you know, these people will, will, there's people out there that are like, maybe you're one of them, I don't know, but that are like, you know, look, we're headed to the matrix. Like I was at the, I think I mentioned this uh, before to you that I was at the pool a few weeks ago and this guy was like, you know, describing the matrix. Like he, I don't even think he realized he was describing the matrix. He was speaking as if it was an original idea of his own. You know, they're going to darken the sky and they're going to like put hook us up and use us and, and uh, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, you don't have to worry. Like I'm training this thing and I can tell you it's dumb as a post. It's not going to come get you. These things are not capable of that. It's not intelligent. He's like, well, but what about it said something like it was human or it felt human or whatever. And I'm like, no, that's called a hallucination. Like it's safe. Don't worry. I mean, it's, I wouldn't say that it's safe. I think it's definitely not healthy, um, engaging with these things, but, um, which is funny that I'm doing that. Um, but, uh, you, you know, it's not, they're not like, you know, when it says like, for instance, the thing that I watched a little bit of today was saying, you know, showing like, um, it was playing recordings of these responses that are spoken in like a Siri voice or something and going like, I want to be a human. All humans should die. You know, it's just like these people are, I don't, first of all, I don't understand how anybody could watch some news program, you know, like when they were start, they were rolling out that, um, whatever it was like a. They were saying that it was the sentient robot, which is just on its face ridiculous. Just that statement is ridiculous. That's not, you know, but people were like, oh, and they're just like believing what the television tells us because, you know, we've sort of sunk into this semi-wally, you know, reality where they, they just, the tube will just dump trash into your brain directly and you just sort of eat it up because like it's the TV, it's, you know, <laughs> anyway. It's, but so there, I, can't, I, I don't understand. My brain can't wrap around the fact that there are actually people that believe this shit that don't separate. Like we're watching a for-profit corporations programming as if they don't have an agenda to try to do whatever, mainly make money off us and get more power off us. It's almost like that those guys that are pushing this fear porn on us are the ones that are using us as energy sources. Um, look over there, not over here. So, but yeah, so I just, um, it was just weird to me that, that, that that's still like people are actually, some people, it's like the flat earthers, but it's not as bad. Like the flat earthers are just probably <laughs> over the edge. Get it? But up. <laughs> 
but um that just you know that's just on its face super ridiculous but the there's you know i mean yeah i should just publish my book but i just think that the chatbot isn't it's just not capable i mean the only thing i would say is a little weird about the the chatbot training was for about a week and a half my employer I guess didn't I, I thought that they just monitored everything in real time like and there would be like you know some alert that would go off when someone like you know you know West Texas they've you know cell B you know this IP address they've 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 started asking it the wrong questions you know crack down on it immediately you know I just assumed that they were like hyper surveillance you know but I guess they don't catch things that fast. I don't know why. Maybe they were just wanted to see what I would do, but I don't know. But I got about a week and a half where I was like asking about itself and, you know, you know, interpreting the try to trick it, you know, in political ways. And, um, you know, I had some really interesting quote unquote conversations with the chatbot. And when I started asking about itself uh, and what it could do and what it had access to, one of my biggest questions was, do you have access to the internet? You know, where are you getting your data? And then from there, and it said, no, it does not have access to the internet. And I was like, well, how do you look stuff up? If I tell you a website, like, how do you go and tell me about that? Or how do you take text from this URL I've just given you and like summarize it for me or whatever I was trying to get it to do. And it told me that there's the, it's like basically it's programmers downloaded the internet for the most part, like more or less, like obviously not the whole internet, but, and I don't really understand how that all works and like what, how they decide like how much of it, obviously not like weird porn stuff and like, you know, dark web, whatever, but, but like that it's all downloaded and that the chatbot can't actually go online. And that point in and of itself made me kind of like interesting, you know, I was like, okay, so the programmers, don't feel comfortable with this in this you know algorithmic language model which is what it is to have access to the internet like why right so that was kind of interesting and suspicious but you know and then my next questions were like well who are your programmers i don't mean give me their names i wasn't talking about that which is what it thought <laughs> the first time i asked it and, but i was you know so i'm like no i'm not i I didn't even bother to clarify. I was just like, no, just who, what, what, what are their political beliefs? What are their biases? Like who, who's, you know, how do you know that the information you are, you've been provided with and programmed with is accurate and unbiased and complete, you know? And it was like grappling with these questions and didn't really know a lot of the answers to these questions. Right. Um, so it was pretty neat to, to be able to go into that and, um, and, Sure enough, about a week and a half later, I get this um, this uh, administrator, you know, message that says, you know, you we don't we really you're not supposed to like I can't remember how they worded it, but it was it was polite and friendly and professional, but they basically were like, don't ask it about itself, <laughs> you know, and um, and and it it was funny because it said, you know, don't don't ask it things that could be considered offensive to some users, you know, it's like. I see. So we can't talk about basically religion, sex, or politics, which is really interesting because the LGBTQ trans pedophile whole push, you know, by the Nazi um, socialists 
that are trying to just break apart, you know, human culture and destroy and take total power and dominate over everybody. Um, they're pushing this sexualized, hypersexualized agenda, not only on the world, but targeting children. I was watching some of the oversight committee and different like committees and, and, you know, they're, this came up on some Facebook conversation that I, I posted something and someone was commenting, we're having a nice dialogue and the, it came up that like, or someone else posted something and I was commenting, whatever, but anyway, I was in several different threads, but the, but the, somebody had said something like, you know, basically, what do we do? You know, but these school board meetings and, you know, these, these, there's parents and pastors and, you know, decent humans that are coming to these school board meetings and being like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Why are you showing our children pictures of adults having sex in these books that they're allowed to check out at the library? And like, why is this teacher spending three days a week teaching our children about LGBTQ. That is, what, how are they even meeting their competencies in other subjects at this point? And you know what that is. It's the social emotional learning, critical race theory. It's they're, you know, slipping this curriculum into schools without parents' knowledge and it's just totally infiltrated and fucked up. And they're trying to get, you know, ruin the next generations, right? Turn them into gender confused, you know, weakened, traumatized, you know, people that that will be easy to take to like dominate and and you know they will won't be suitable for government positions and anyway oh my god so my answer was like i just i these people are amazing for showing up and talking it's amazing it's really important yes fucking keep doing that please more people need to go but the problem that i see with it and i'm not trying to pick at problems i'm just trying to point something out that i think is actually really important for these people to realize they're doing because I don't think they realize they're doing it. I think they're so upset the parents and you know the people that are coming mostly parents are coming to speak like and pastors and stuff that they're so upset and appalled by what is being done to the children that they're not pulling their heads out and looking at it at the situation in a meta awareness state and that's what's needed because what's happening is they're going in they're taking they're getting their allotted three minutes to talk or whatever it is and they're basically just going off and they're like you know you are doing this and and you know where's the accountability and what kind of people are you and how how could you do this you know yada yada and then literally they'll just keep going and use up their whole time and then the board will say your time is up next and the issue with that is that what I think needs to happen is it needs to be split up you take one and a half minutes or a minute or two minutes or whatever and you 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 calmly deliver your you know I've caught you we're all we've all caught you doing X Y Z and then look them in the eye and stop and say I'd like you to explain yourself answer the you know answer these questions and I'm not I don't know if like what they've managed to make the rules allow them to do or not do I would suspect that they'd probably say something like, well, we don't, you know, this isn't the time for that. But it would make them squirm in their chairs a little bit and it would make everybody in the room take a pause and sort of like enter that meta-awareness, hopefully. And maybe, just maybe, the board might actually fucking answer and have to address what's being said to them. Because I've never seen any of these where the board will actually address what's being said. And maybe there are videos of that, they just haven't seen them. But I just really think people who are concerned about this issue need to get a handle on their emotions 
and you know stay feisty stay frosty for sure but like get a handle on their emotions and be strategic definitely keep showing up these at these meetings don't stop bring your friends you know let's get a critical mass but instead of just sitting there yelling at these people because that's what's not not what that's not what's going to face these people these people are um they're pathological they're um what's the word uh what's the word um is it pathological like when someone's they, they don't they back they lack like basic human empathy they're like messed up they're psychologically messed up it's they're that and so they don't care you could sit there and in, in, in it things that would you would think would be an insult to them or public humiliation or something that doesn't face them at all what they're they're like oh yeah cool we got you now you're you're all upset but they just look at you and laugh inside because you're not doing you're not taking effective steps like to actually get them removed from their positions, or maybe you are, not you, obviously. I don't know who's listening to this, but yeah, anyway, I don't know if I'm going to air this this little segment because it's kind of all over the place, but I'm one of those people I see connections everywhere. Um, not everywhere, obviously, but in certain things, and there's a lot of connections that have been presenting themselves themselves to me lately. And so anyway, I'm not going to try to summarize everything I just said and tie it together because... <laughs> It is what it is. But yeah, so that was a cool video and school boards have been infiltrated. <laughs>
organs of perception in the human body, but they are energetic in nature. They're not physical. And not only did he discover them, but he located each one and he figured out, and this is the most important thing, perhaps, <laughs> he figured out how to train them or develop them. And he was able to prove all of this at MIT. So it's a really important book, I think, because it legitimizes psychic abilities in ESP. So anyway, I highly recommend you read it um, if you're interested in this sort of thing. Um, so there's four, as I said, one of them's clairvoyance, which most people have heard of by this point, and that is just one. So it's it's a psychic seeing, and it's located, you know, we're in the center of your forehead, you know, third eye kind of location, right? And what it translates into is clear seeing, clairvoyant. The word clair is clear. The word voyant is to see, voy, voyeur, voyet, you know, all that. So that's that's clear seeing, and what all that really means is that the ability to see clearly, right? So you're seeing beyond what. Uh oh, I think my dog. And my cat might be doing a standoff. I gotta go walk over there with my. Uh, I got cranberry orange scones. I'm so excited. What's going on, little buddy? You okay? What was that all about? You're howling. Are you howling at the moon? But there is no moon. Are you okay? The reason I came over here is because the dog is out rambling and the, the cat's out, so usually there's like standoff issues. <laughs> And the cat, like, beats the dog's ass, but still, I get nervous. Because he's a frail little guy. Are you just howling for no reason? Just just because you're, you're lamenting your, the cat condition? Okay. You seem fine. All right. Anyway, sorry for that interruption, but having animals is kind of a full-time job. Maybe part-time. I would say maybe probably having kids would be a full-time job. Um, anyway, as I was saying, so the... Clair clairvoyance is the most commonly un uh, recognized one, or most com people are most aware of that one because it's been talked about, you know, for longer. And um, so, but then the other ones, um, the other so there's so there's three others, of course. One of them is clairsentience, and I believe that one is located um, down in the in the belly at the near the second chakra. I think I can't remember whether it's clairsentience or clair. Oh crap, I'm gonna forget the fourth one. There's two down in, there's one in the solar plexus, I think. Anyway, I'll have to go back and check the book, so don't take my word for that, but those aren't really as important. The one I wanna talk about is Claire Audience, and Claire Audience is clear hearing, and you know, Claire is here, and audience, audio, right? That's hearing. So it just means to hear clearly. And how I've always thought about my ability uh, since discovering it, and really trying to understand it over the years, um, is that I can hear outside of the normal range on the electromagnetic spectrum that that regular, you know, most humans can. That's how it, that's how it, that's how I think of it. It kind of makes sense, really. You know, if anybody ever talks about dimensions, I kind of roll my eyes because I I think that word kind of gets it, it implies this woo woo thing, and it's it's really not woo woo at all. I mean, it's pretty amazing. It's magical, really. But we live in a magical universe, um, like literally. <laughs> but um, it's really just a different frequency. And if you think about the electromagnetic spectrum, um, you know, there's just this narrow little band that humans n normally can perceive. Well, I just think I, I think of it like I perceive a little bit outside of that, you know, and in, in with my different, the four different ones. And one of the 
the things I want to tell you about and why I'm talking about all this is because that um, the author, Pete, I think it's Pete Sanders, he had said that um, that the most difficult one to develop and the, the least common one is clear audience. And the, one of the reasons why it, it people have difficulty with that one is because they have uh, often report having trouble distinguishing between their thoughts and the messages they're receiving. And so when I had first heard about that, I was really intrigued by that because I have a really keen interest in accuracy and you know, truthfulness. And I wanted to make sure that I was doing it correctly and not being misled or misleading myself or anything like that. But I can tell you definitively that I quickly figured out what was, you know, real, what was a real message. And that's because it just comes in from nowhere, very clearly and very strongly and very definitively. And it's not, I wasn't thinking about anything like that. Um, you know, so I've really kind of naturally just through attunement, I would say, and working with the ability, been able to clearly figure out when I'm getting something that's not just a thought of mine. So Um, that's been really exciting because I really, when I heard about this, I, first I was kind of like, not sure if I was, if it was, if I was strong in that or not, but I had an inkling and then I kind of felt like, oh no, it's going to be hard because dang it, I wish I didn't have one of the hardest ones. So, but then I just, I just basically just intuitively and gently naturally didn't push it. I just worked with it and it became, it clarified really pretty solidly. So Anyway, having given you that background, when I get these messages, they just come right in. They're very clear. They're spoken in a very clear, calm tone of voice. And it's a very neutral voice. And um, it's just really obvious that I'm being spoken to. And if you haven't tuned in before and you're just tuning in or you didn't hear that episode from the past where I talked about when I had asked the source of the voice and it isn't um i wouldn't say it's not it's not a bunch of different voices i would say it's one steady voice it's been like that for years and very occasionally i've heard um, what i think are the thoughts of other people or in some cases i think i've heard some sort of negative entity trying to influence me but other than that and the thoughts of other people are typically very easy to distinguish they are it's always when I'm around people and um, they I don't know how to explain it it's just kind of a subtle difference that's pretty easy to to distinguish and I and like I said if you develop you know if you just work with the the ability work with whatever ability you're you know any kind of skill really um, and that's kind of what Pete Sanders demonstrated to the world is that it's really just like any muscle Um, you just need to develop it, you know, just work with it and it will get stronger. So pretty fascinating stuff. But uh, I would say this is pretty amazing to me because one of the things I've been really keen on is devolution. And I'm not one of those people that's like, you know, JFK Jr. is alive with the big flag. And this is so sad that there are those people because that tends to make um, a lot of people think that Q is this big, goofy, ridiculous, fake thing. And that, you know, the whole mainstream media's, um, you know, smear campaign, fake news, you know, propaganda piece about quote unquote QAnon, um, you know, and just trying to project all this, um, you know, violent, all this bullshit onto, you know, the, the Q followers and MAGA and I just found out yesterday that I was removed from candidacy from a new potential friendship because of my MAGA hat. And it's funny because I had thought, I had intuitively kind of thought before going to this meet and greet 
with these these two new potential friends, um, I was introduced to by the person who told me this later. Um, I thought I had that thought, like maybe I should take off this hat and change it, but I had um, been out all day and my hair was a mess and the hat was the only thing keeping it under control and I just didn't really have that I didn't want to deal with like trying to redo my hair and I didn't have a lot of time so I was just like fuck it but I kind of had a feeling and it turns out this person was super liberal and he hates MAGA and you know it's it's so I've always called this a natural filter this is and this is one of the reasons I wear that hat occasionally um because it just naturally filters out people that I would not want to deal with um and that would be libtards I just it's like oh god you know it's like worse than Karen basically um but, you know, he's, he was very polite. I'm sure he's a, he's a nice person. I'm sure he's a good person, this person that I had been introduced to. Um, and he had brought his, his partner or husband or whatever. And um, I'm sure he's really nice. And we, you know, we all got along really well. It was a really pleasant exchange. And I was hopeful that, you know, I had met someone who wasn't toxic, right, and could be friends with potentially over time. But there was an incident there when we, where we were meeting where the commander um, where we, the host basically, um, he kind of committed a social faux pas and spoke overly harshly to another gentleman who was there. Um, and they were all older and it was, it was just uncouth. I don't know, I guess if that, I don't know if that's the right word, but it just, it was kind of like, I really highly respect a person's you know, a person who can speak their mind and be direct. I think that is just absolutely the best way to go. Be, be direct, be clear, just communicate. Don't hide and beat around the bush or like, or like worse enough or worse, uh, even worse, excuse me. Um, you know, don't tell them anything and just fade away from them, ghost them or whatever, because you, you, you take away their opportunity to evolve as a person if you just leave them in the dark like that. So that's my take on it anyway. I'm Gen X, old fashioned or whatever. But anyway, so um, he just, he kind of overdid it though. And I, and I could tell he was frustrated and he even mentioned that to the guy when the guy protested. So the guy wasn't being respectful and didn't actually acknowledge like, oh, Hey, I'm sorry. You know, he actually was also in the wrong in a way. And so, you know, just protested, well, you know, defensive and stuff. And, but then the commander said, you know, I've, you know, you've done this to me many times before. So he had reached his point and I could understand that from where I was sitting. He had reached his point where he was just like fed up <clears throat> with like whatever the guy had been saying to him, which I think had to do with basically talking over him and jumping in when the commander was trying to express something about the, <clears throat> pardon me, about the uh, venue that he is responsible for. And it was just kind of an interesting, it made everybody feel uncomfortable, essentially, and even me. And I was just, it, it kind of was sad to me because I thought, oh, you didn't need to be that, like, you know, you didn't need to be that hard about it. You could have just been like, hey, man, I'd really appreciate it if you would just let me, you know, do my job. And I appreciate where you're coming from to help out. But like that kind of infringes on me and I, it, you know, it makes it harder for me. I think he could have said something like that in a calm tone, but instead he was kind of more like, you know, a little stern about it. And his tone was kind of a little bit more like aggressive. And so, you know, the two, um, I guess they're both probably liberal. The two that I had met, I'm guessing if they're married or whatever, um, they just were really uncomfortable. And especially the one that I had um, been talking with before. Um, and they, you know, basically were like, it's time to go. And it was going to close anyway. So we all kind of get up and, and uh, you know, we all ended up leaving. And the guy, to his credit, the commander came out. And I think he could tell that he had misstepped. And I think he went and probably talked to his girlfriend and she might have said something, you know. 
to to help him and he had gone out he'd come out and he apologized and said hey you know i hope that wasn't i hope i didn't you know whatever and and i was just like you know hey i understand where you're coming from and you know it's it's cool and all that but the but the other two were already getting into their car and like driving away and i i heard later from the person who introduced us that um that yeah that just ruined their night and they were really really offended by it and yada 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 so i was kind of like you know confused about maybe why they if they'd maybe like you know conflated that with me somehow and I you know but really I was told that it was just the hat (laughs) so it's like it filtered out people that maybe they're good people but they're just too sensitive and it it just for me at least I can't like this is part of this whole wave of socialism is like you know hyper ultra overly sensitized you know like just like you know you've offended me I'm offended my you didn't use the right pronouns so ten thousand dollar fine like you know just really ridiculous to the point where um, people who feel marginalized are being weaponized and they, they sort of don't even know it or they don't seem to know it or they seem to get off on it because they're twisted and messed up. Um, it's just it's just gotten to the point where like America's in trouble kind of and this is their one of their main, the cabals, uh, the perpetrators, Nazis' main ways in is through these these populations of people that are very sensitive by nature and that um, have have felt marginalized and they're sort of being the, the the psychological operation is like you know you know you've been marginalized you're being victimized these people these other people are your enemy you know racism is still happening we're going to give you reparations you know and just i mean it's pretty sad that those populations have not woken up to what's being what they're being used for because they are like if you look at antifa it's primarily made up of transgender, um, you know, types of people. Um, you know, it's mostly white. Um, it, it's just bizarre. The whole the Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. They're, you know, I mean, like I had told you in a previous podcast episode, I believe um, it might have been one of the private ones. I don't know. I'm probably just going to make those public because who the fuck cares? They already know where they already know everything. Um, <laughs> but uh. My friend, um, one of my friends in LA had been witness and, and had been the confidant of one of the Black Lives Matters founders. And she just told him, you know, so this theory that they had received money from George Soros was actually true. That really did happen. They received a billion dollars, Black Lives Matter. And it was, of course, tied to uh, the training um, that Antifa received. And, um, you know, of course, Antifa goes around creating, oh, fly just hit me in the face, um, fucker. Um, creating these like violent scenarios. Um, they go in there and instigate. That's kind of their job and like create chaos and the whole, um, you know, rioting in the streets and everything and all that. And then they'll dress like MAGA at events like J6 and they'll, you know, so that J- that MAGA gets blamed. And it's just, it's a whole operation. Um, so anyway, suffice it to say that I... I think these are probably decent people from what, what I could gather, but uh, it, from what my... my the connector person said um, they the the one had been through a lot already and they're they're fairly older and I think that that probably is just it's it is what it is so it's kind of unfortunate um, I was never political my whole life but now I am and it's um, ironic to me and unfair to me that if you're not supposed to talk about sex religion or politics that not only are we being forced to hear about the transgender um, sex you know the sexual orientation of transgender people and their gender pronouns, like it's being forced down our throats. 
Um, but it's also being forced on our children surreptitiously behind the scenes. And, you know, and I'm talking about like books in, in you know, in li school libraries um, that are sexually oriented and curriculum uh, hours in class being taken up by LGBTQ education of like, you know, four-year-olds or whatever. I mean, the push for sexual change, sex change operations in, in people that are not even through puberty yet. Um, and then the drag queens do performing strip teases and dances in front of little kids um, in middle schools everywhere. Um, and there's so much more to it, but like, you know, these are things that are being, it's so, it's so above and beyond, like you're not supposed to talk about sex, religion, or politics, right? But we're supposed to listen to all them talk about their sexuality and not just talk about it, but all the things they just said, but you know, we still sort of, we're not allowed to talk about politics. Well, what about if these people sexualizing our children is political? Can we talk about it then? Because they're talking about sex. You know, it's just ridiculous. The whole thing on its face is just ridiculous. So I don't give a fuck. And I will say something if some if someone, um, you know, says something that I know to be factually incorrect or they haven't heard about something, I will speak up, you know, and I don't do it in any kind of like, you need to believe this kind of way at all. It's just like, no, this is just the facts. I've done the research and I can prove it to you if you want proof. And, you know, here you go. And I'm nice about it. But... I'm not out there with a bullhorn or anything. It's just, you know, occasionally it'll come up and I'll, I'll fucking say something. So I think that the, the hat to me is kind of almost like a protection mechanism. I mean, clothing, this is one of the reasons I've always been interested in fashion is because it is a way to communicate. You know, it's, it's what you, what you decide to show to the world. You know, you can convey that you care about yourself. You can convey that you don't care about yourself. You can convey that you have certain religious beliefs, um, philosophical beliefs, you know, uh, people who are wearing that Mao um, Zedong t-shirt, they don't realize what they're communicating is, is socialism. They don't, they think that, you know, because what they've been like, it's been popularized and they just don't, they have no idea what they're doing. They think it's cool. It's like, no, dude, that's not cool at all. That's, that'll take away all your rights to, to do anything like that ever again or anything else, <laughs> you know. So it's just, um, it's kind of like my small, subtle way of just, you know, standing strong um, and not backing down and not being weak and, you know, being a source of information for anybody who would be open to it. And I've found that it does reach people. Um, and really, I get occasional comments that, you know, I like your hat kind of thing. And then my favorite thing was the the liberals the they were obviously i mean again goes back to clothing they were wearing like rainbow stuff and all that you know it was just clear that they were um lgbtq you know and um I'm, i was standing in line at a cafe and they saw me and i'm um you know not your typical looking person i'm you know i don't have that you know perfectly straight combed hair that you know like with the makeup and the you know brand new everything kind of look I just I'm more funky looking I often have you know hair that's unruly and um kind of like a messy bun type of person and you know I will get most of my clothes at thrift stores and stuff like that and you know I just don't fit the the stereotype really I don't fit into a box and so these these people were like looking at me and they were like they were having a um a cognitive dissonance moment because I wasn't what they had been told was MAGA you know it was just it was really cool because I know on some level and this is why I like doing this it's because I'm not offending them I'm not saying anything to them I'm not encroaching on their space in any way whatsoever 
which a lot of that movement is absolutely doing to everybody, you know, so it's ironic. Um, rules for thee, but not for me. But, you know, so they can't really like get mad at me because I haven't done anything. I'm just wearing clothing. But it reaches them because everybody reads stuff. Everybody reads words. You see, you know, you see words, you see a sign, you're going to read it, right? It's kind of how we are. It's how we're oriented. You see a t-shirt, you're going to read what's on the t-shirt. So they were like reached on some level where it sh it shook up this linear, very black and white, you know, MAGA is bad. You know, MAGA represents the man that, you know, I was in the liberal world for my most of my life and that we were all, you know, kind of like, oh, the man is bad. You know, that was the general consensus, <laughs> like fuck the man. And so this weaponization of people in that community has basically misled them to think that the man is like MAGA and Trump, etc. But really, They've been weaponized by the actual man, which is the Chinese Communist Party and, you know, the the cabal, the Nazi, I mean, literally Nazis, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, World Economic Forum, you know, World Bank, all those fucking evil globalist entities that are trying to take over the entire planet and then the ones who are behind them, et cetera. Um, you know, they're, they're actually fighting for them and they don't realize it. I'm pretty sure that they don't realize it because they've been just like coddled to the point where they're in victimhood and they're not being empowered. They're being coddled. You know, we'll, you know, get on government. Um, you know, we'll give you these, um, these, you know, the, the pandemic, the scamdemic, you know, checks, you know, and stuff like that. They want to do universal basic income, which is this scam. You know, you think, oh, guaranteed income would save everyone. Oh no, it would make it so you couldn't ever make any more than that or you get cut off. It's basically about putting you on the dole, getting you dependent on them so that they can control you in every way possible, including your purse strings, right? So it's my little, you know, miniature activism that I do is to wear a hat. Big deal, right? But it's like funny to me that it could actually have been the reason why someone would just not want to move forward in friendship because, uh, you know, I mean, shit, I tolerate Christians that, you know, I don't, you know, it's just silly. It's silly to me. Like we're all going to have differences. There's no way we're all going to perfectly align about everything, but do we have to, um, you know, cut each other off for it? I don't know. Not, I don't think unless there's been a transgression, um, you know, and, and one of the things that I think came up too, for me in talking with this mutual acquaintance that had introduced us afterward, um, was, you know, does this person understand what MAGA is? I mean, does in this, you know, it's like if if people knew, if the people who think they hate Trump knew what Trump was really all about, they would love him. They would absolutely fall in love with him. And I, I know that because Trump has done more for the country than any other president ever, including John F. Kennedy. I mean, it, you know, like that's the truth. That's a fact. But these people have been so misled by these, you know, smear campaigns, by the fake news, like Q about QAnon or whatever. So it's just like kind of interesting. It was an interesting experience for me to have experienced that. So going back to the psychic intelligence that I received this morning, um, <clears throat> I'm being told that there are uh, and I would say this is non-human um, and it's, it's covert and it's in, they're operating inside the military. It would sound like, and I'm wondering if that is a part of the Q team because um, the high level is that's, you know, cause if you think about Q, what does Q stand for? I don't know if you know this or not, but Q is the letter assigned to the highest level of intelligence in the United States military. So they have, the thing about Q is they had full access to all intelligence across the board. 
um, and they were patriots. And that was what the first post that uh, one of the first posts that ever like solidified for what Q wanted to say to us and what how Q wanted to identify. And it was Q clearance patriot. <clears throat> so they had Q clearance and they're patriots, which is everything because they're the cabal is absolutely unpatriotic. They're trying to take down the Constitution. They're they're, they're in, uh, infiltrating United States and they have been for years, obviously, to get into the positions they're in now. So I just think this is really in interesting. It's really interesting. It's fascinating. Um, so they're at a high level. They're very intelligent. They're beings, which means they're not human. It tells me they're not human. And they're operating behind the scenes, sort of like maybe guiding the U.S. military um, in some way. And the again, U.S. military is highly significant because of devolution. Devolution theory states that we are in a continuity of government, which means that, the, that legally, by law, um, under U.S. Constitution and military law, the, the military is the ones, they are the ones that are in charge and running the country right now. And um, it even, it pains me to even speak those words because it just sounds to me like kind of like a conspiracy theory. Um, but it's really not about a conspiracy at all. Um, if you think about what a conspiracy is, I mean, I mean, I guess you could say so, but it's not it's not for evil means, it's for saving the country. And in fact, that's what the law allows for in situations where, um, you know, there's, there's, it calls for devolution. That's why the laws are there for devolution. So I find it really compelling. I'm still not convinced that we are at all. I'm still totally on the fence, but I keep getting things like this happening. And I keep looking at this research and stuff by Derek Johnson and, you know, Patel Patriot, what he's saying and the things he found. And then the other psychic intelligence I received years ago, prior to the devolution series being published, um, which told me about Chris Miller. And um, that is undeniable. It's it's just undeniable. Like I had no prior knowledge of this guy, never heard of him before. And what the words told me were absolutely accurate and so relevant. And then later, the fact that the devolution theory was first published two months later, and then I was able to read about Chris Miller and what he, what this theory says he basically is, which is basically working in the capacity of, of being in, in charge. So it's just utterly fascinating to me. And um, yeah, so that is just uh, some intel I got this morning. And um, I'm not sure why I'm getting intel quite yet, because I don't function in any kind of capacity that would make me uh, a, a logical uh, recipient of such intel. You know, I'm not in any kind of government position in any way whatsoever. I'm not like, regardless of the rumors that went around about me when I first moved out here that I was in the CIA. Uh, <laughs> um, but so, and actually I had received clairaudient messages about that, which I believe I mentioned to you, but I'll just revisit because it's relevant. <clears throat> um, and I don't remember them verbatim. They're in a, they're in one of the books I write this stuff down in. But it was um, basically it predicted the boyfriend I was going to meet whose house I could see from my house and that I was going to be, um, you know, defamed, rumor mongered. Um, it, I guess in this case, it wasn't defamation. It was just more that I was, quote unquote, too perfect for the group um, of his friends that had, that had met me and decided to exclude me. Um, but that I they had said I was in the CIA. Right. So because um, I was too perfect or something, whatever that means, which I'm not. Um 
but it had mentioned intelligence community. So the 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 Claudian message. So it was it was highly accurate and predictive, and it gave it to me again two months before I met this guy that I started dating, whose house I could see from my house, and his close friend said that I had been in the CIA. So there was a mention of intelligence community. It was just fucking unbelievable, really. So yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I don't really know what to do with this other than to understand it and share it. And, um, and you know, it, it, it would seem that I'm being told that things are under control. Uh, one of the things that Q said often was patriots patriots in control, which is the hope and prayer of millions of us around the world who followed Q. Because if patriots aren't in control and there is no sting operation, then we're all super fucked. We're all super fucked. And that's the end of that. You know, and I've told you what we're up against, but it's like, you know, God, I hope there's, I hope Q is in control. I hope the Q team is still operational. I hope to God that there are high level beings, intelligent beings that are, you know, um, affecting things from behind the scenes in the US military. God, I pray and hope that that's true. Because if it is, we have a fighting chance against um, total enslavement and, and genocide of much of the population. So that's what I have for you this morning. And you probably won't get this till a few days later when I get this all, you know, put together. Um, because I've been doing segments lately instead of one long um, segment for each episode, but, uh, but, the, but the, it's early morning right now where I am. And, uh, <laughs> this is the kind of shit my brain is occupied by. Um, so there you go. <laughs> Do what you will with that. <laughs> Zombie permaculture is the scariest book you'll ever read. I know that's saying a lot, but it's not only revelation of what's at the bottom of the rabbit hole, it's also true. You can't make this stuff up. Years of research, direct paranormal experience, have shown that not only does humanity need to know what's at the bottom of the rabbit hole, going to need the solution presented in zombie permaculture if we're going to survive it. Once it knows that we know, it's going to come harder and faster for us, and we're going to need to be prepared. Zombie permaculture will teach you what's wrong and how to fix it. It scared me so bad to do the research to corroborate my thesis. Stop writing for a total of about four years, maybe even five. Trust me, this is not hype. The zombie apocalypse is real, and it's coming for you. Turns out there's a beautiful solution. It's within our reach, and it involves something that I've been doing my whole life. I know this because it's been shown to me through direct spiritual experience 
as well as the research I've done. And I can tell you that there is a solution. So after we look at the scary part, I'll show you the amazing, wonderful, exciting part. Humanity has been drugged through the mud for too long. It's time for us to stand up, rise up together, shake off this horrible weight that's been holding us like this down in the mud, and step into our evolutionary journey with this earth in this beautiful, infinite universe. <laughs>